Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first-timer, welcome aboard. Time to bring in one of my favorite guests, MLB.com's Allison Footer. And it's been nine months since our last visit, which is way, way too long. How's the season been going, Allison? Season's been going fine. It's been interesting. Um, certainly interesting in Houston, but also... Um, interesting in some of the other markets. American League isn't as competitive in an inclusive standpoint as the National League. There's more teams, I think, in the National League that have legitimate playoff chances. But uh, but at this point, I think it's shaping up to be a pretty interesting season, especially with all the home runs. Yeah, I want to talk about the home runs in just a bit. But this weekend, you saw Kevin Biggio play at Minute Maid Park. How, how did it feel to see Craig's son play Major League Baseball in front of his dad on Father's Day weekend? Yeah, it was very cool. I was hoping that um, that Kevin would be called up at some point before the before the weekend, which happened. And then I was hoping that he'd be staying in the big leagues long enough for uh, for the Blue Jays to to play in Houston and him to be on the team. And he's doing you know very well. His uh, his average isn't so great, but he's hitting a lot of home runs. And so it was yeah, it was cool. Uh, you know, for anybody who kind of knew the Biggio kids as they were growing up. And I certainly have very vivid memories of them just all through the years. Um, I think uh, Connor was 14 and Kevin was 12 when, when Craig retired. So all through, you know, the years up until then, we saw them pretty regularly and, you know, just good kids and running around the clubhouse with their little Astros uniforms and their little uh, helmets <laughs> and very cute. And uh, now Kevin comes through town and he's uh, six foot three and, and extremely strong and a good ball player and a nice guy. And um, it was just great. It was great to see the family there and everybody just enjoying it. It was nice to see Kevin do well, get a couple hits, got his first career double. Of course, that's pretty symbolic to do that in the ballpark where his dad set a record for his all-time doubles by a right-hander. And uh, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I covered the kids when they were playing for their dad, so it's it's crazy to see him. Uh, playing at Minute Maid Park now. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, what what were your impressions? Does the Jordan phenomenon, you know, and his debut remind you of any Astros debut from the past or any other player you've covered around baseball over the years? The, just the, the buzz in the ballpark and what you're seeing so far. No, I don't really think he, I mean, I don't, nobody else like comes to mind as far as, uh, I mean, there have been a lot of guys who have made their major league debuts and, and had a lot of hype following them and, and came up and performed really well. And yeah, I mean, he's strong. He's a very strong guy. He can really, uh, you know, catch up with the fastball and just send it out of the ballpark. I mean, those home runs were pretty spectacular. And we saw what he was doing in the minor leagues and everyone, of course, fans want him up uh, sooner than later, immediately. <laughs> and, um, you know, front offices have to be careful. And, and there's the whole, you know, arbitration uh, super two deadline and all these things that, you know, these floating dates that they have to make sure that they're doing the right thing for the organization in order to, to maintain club control for as long as they can over these guys as economically as possible. So, of course, we're fed the line of, oh, well, we're not bringing him up because we're, we're still concerned about his defense. I mean, these are all just – these are made-up things that they just tell the media, and, uh, and then the media just writes it because – God forbid they should actually like question anything that the front office is doing. Um, and then he comes up and he <laughs> plays fine defense and he, you know, he's, uh, these are the games that we play throughout the season. So, uh, but yeah, Alvarez is, uh, you know, everything that I think, you know, fans would hope, hope to have. And he certainly uh, lit a fire in that, in, in an offense that right now the lineup is missing you know, many, many star players as we all know. 
So um, I, I think that that was very uh, kind of a strategic, a very smart move to bring him up when they did. Uh, kind of when you when you need him. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches, right? It's not like the Astros have really. I mean, they're they're on this like record-setting pace. Uh, they've barely lost since Jose Altuve's been out, and Carlos Correa's been out, and George Springer, and now they're getting close to getting some of these guys back. So I think they're in pretty good shape. You at all surprised they've continued to roll with all these injuries? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not like on one hand, you know, you just look and you, and it's it's definitely a testament to how deep this this organization is. Um, I think that anybody that really like follows it closely and understands the way the minor league system works and just how prepared these guys are when they come up to the big leagues. Um, so that didn't surprise me that much, but also just with the American league, um, I mean, there are gaps, weeks long gaps of opponents that are not competitive. So you look at the schedule and you're like, it's going to be another two and a half weeks before they play anybody that's like remotely able to beat a good team. And I don't say that with any glee because I, as a, as a person who cares, um, you know, about the health of major league baseball more than I care about any individuals or any teams, um, that's not good, but the Astros are so incredibly good at, you know, from, from just a, uh, the, the analytics standpoint and just what they're doing to develop these players in the minor leagues, it's very likely that they can also, you know, if they have like a stretch of, I mean, like 10 years ago, there'd be like a stretch of, you know, two weeks where there'd be you know, pretty good teams that you're playing. And now it's just, it's just not like that anymore. But, uh, you know, it, it comes down to Houston. I think the Yankees, the Dodgers, I mean, these are the teams that are like so superior that it would be shocking if you know, some combination wasn't in the World Series. Yeah, I'm just wondering, is that the worst that you've seen as far as this have and have not, in the, especially in the American League? It seems like it may be a little bit worse in the American League. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean basically the playoff field is set, right? I mean, there's a couple questions with the second wild card. Um, there will be teams that are going to be falling off from that. Uh, I mean, the Texas Rangers, you know, I think that they're like a, a great story because they're a surprise. There are several games over 500. They're, they're going to have a hard time maintaining that without Hunter Pence, who's out for a while with a groin strain. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, by mid-June, it's pretty much been decided. Now you look over at the National League and it's it's a little bit more evenly spread. There's some interesting division races. There's certainly a lot of teams that are still in the wild card mix. Um, there's a lot of teams that have imperfections. I just we posted our weekly power rankings yesterday, and basically, I was talking about the Phillies and the and the Braves. That will be a very interesting division race because they're flawed, not because of what what makes them good, but what makes them vulnerable. And their rotation, you know, both of them need pitching help. I mean, Dallas Keuchel is going to join the Braves soon, um, so that'll help them. But they there's sometimes where their bullpens are just just a mess. <laughs> um, you know, other times that their offenses are just fantastic and and are you know keeping them above water, but those are the kinds of things that you look at. You look at the NL Central, and there's several teams that are very much involved in that race or a wild card race. Um, and then the American League, I mean, it's just, you know, I've been traveling around. I've been covering, you know, I covered the Orioles for a series. I covered the Blue Jays. Um, they, they can't compete. Like, they sneak a win every once in a while. But there are, it's just so incredibly lopsided. Um, and, I, and I find that unfortunate, to be honest with you. Does it give you a false impression if you're a Jeff Luno of where your team is at? I mean, you look at the Astros, uh, kind of give me your impression of this team going into the playoffs and once you, you're facing the likes of the Yankees or 
Tampa Bay or something like that? Like, what do they need? Starter, reliever? What do you think they, they're looking at right now? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say, right? And that's, a, that's exactly it. And I know there's people in the organization that are concerned with when the trade deadline comes up and, you know, do they do something? Do they not do something? Because um, you're, you're preparing for October. And this is a great example. The Yankees just traded for Edwin Encarnacion. And everyone's like, oh, my God, why do they do that? They need pitching. It's like, well, they'll, they'll get pitching, too. This was a deal that was available to them. And they're not trying to – I mean, they still have a – they're in a tough division, of course. They have to win that division. But they're looking toward what's going to go on in October. So you're not playing any cream puffs. And, and so when you're the Astros, like – wow, like there's so few teams that can compete with them right now. These teams aren't very good anyway. So, yeah, so do you go and get a starter? I mean, I think they'll be 100% in on Madison Bumgarner, for example. I mean, I think that would be like a really smart thing for them to do. I can't imagine Jeff Luna like not being extremely tempted to, to do something like that, a, a rental kind of guy where you don't have to give up a ton. Because, they, you know, they, they, could use a little, they could use a little help in that rotation. So, you know, I think that's – probably will where they'll go with that. But yeah, you do have to, you know, they're on pace to shatter the club record from last year. So there are, there are like five games or four games ahead of their pace from last year. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but you certainly can't just look at like how you perform against the White Sox and the Blue Jays and the Orioles all within three weeks and be like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta always be a little paranoid about your team. Yeah, that's it, it seems that way. And I want to take you back a few weeks because uh, you saw the Astros in Monterey, Mexico, if I remember correctly. What, what was it like to see Major League Baseball there? Describe that experience. Yeah, it was really cool. It was funny because, you know, I mean, it's uh, the plane ride. I mean, I, the, my flight was about the same amount of time that it takes to get to Dallas. Um, it's about a seven-hour drive by car from Houston. And uh, there were so many Astros fans there. It was about 80% Astros fans, I would say. And they played the Angels, of course. So that's a lot uh, further of a, of a trip. But the atmosphere was great. I mean, it was the third series that they had there, third and final. And, um, and the fans are very passionate and very appreciative of, of the games that were played there. And uh, the players really got into it. I, I like the fact that they do these so early in the season when you're still feeling pretty fresh. I mean, the Astros were there first weekend in May, and that was the third and final series. One of them was during spring training, but but it's just cool, and it was neat to see the Astros really embrace the whole experience and really reach out to the fans and extend themselves in that manner. It's a quick trip; it's only two two days, you know, in and out, and you're done. Uh, but I was I was glad to to cover it and and sort of take in that whole scene. I believe they were obsessed with your hair, if I remember this right. No, it was just you saw that face. No, it was two women that like worked in the like a, in the like in the custodial uh, realm of the ballpark. They came into the bathroom and were all of a sudden like you know running their hands down my hair. It was not. It was it was it didn't extend beyond that. It was oh, okay. two women who were who were working in the bathroom, but it was very funny because they were. I didn't know what they were saying. I mean, I you know they were just going on and on, and we were all laughing because I couldn't understand them. They couldn't understand me. But I got I kind of got the gist of what they were talking about. Just curious what that was about. Uh, I don't think you had expounded on it on Twitter, so it was, it was kind of funny. Uh, the, the home run rate this season on a record pace. You, you talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, last I checked, it it'll beat the previous record by four to five hundred home runs. Have you heard from anybody inside the game who's concerned about this? Players, Major League Baseball officials, anybody? Well, I mean, the pitchers, obviously, you're going to hear more from them than anybody else, um, that there, you know, there's a lot of grumbling about 
the ball being different and they're like, it's fine. We get it. Just, just tell us, um, you know, just stop acting as if this is just like totally normal. And you know, there's, there's nothing behind that. I mean, yeah, it used to just be like when pitchers would go to Colorado and they would just put it out of their minds. Like it's, I'm go- we're going to get rocked and my ERA is going to go sky high, but my team is probably going to score 14 runs also. And uh, you just hope for the best. Um, you know, it, it's not like to those extremes, but I, we've been seeing it for the past few years. It's mostly either a strikeout or a home run. Um, you know, small ball has kind of gone away a little bit. And, uh, but yeah, you see like the twins are on a record pace, the Yankees are on a record pace. And yeah, I don't know what the answer to that is, but uh, everyone's very aware of it. And um, you know, maybe the pitchers are adjusting, it's hard to do that on the fly, but it's just it's just a reality that we have now. All right, this is a huge question here. Did I see that you met the late great Grumpy Cat? Oh yeah, it was um, opening day in Arizona a few years ago, and I was sent there on a special project, and Grumpy Cat was there. I don't remember exactly what the reason was why they were there, but he, he or she, I don't remember what the, I think it's a she. Anyway, Grumpy Cat was there, and 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 uh, yeah, so I got a little selfie with Grumpy Cat. It was pretty fun. It was a cute little cute little thing. Yeah, looked <laughs> looked looked pretty good. Well behaved, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean. It's tiny as a cat. It's not like, you know, it's not like a dog where it's going to run around. And the owner had him, you know, close to, she, you know, she doesn't, that, those pictures, you know, she's very good at, she'll put the grumpy cat like right up to your face and kind of looks like it's your arm when you're, but you're not actually holding the cat. Uh, that's all on the owner. And then uh, she just lets you take your selfie and then she moves on to the next person. So she's very, she's very savvy. That cat was very famous. So she's been all over the place with that thing. And uh, it was, it was pretty funny. It's funny to see him in person. Cause it's like, yeah, he really looks very sad right now, but he's actually not. He's just a cat with uh, a strange, a strange looking face. So it was very cute. Grumpy cat, smaller in person. You're saying not, not as big as it seems. Like. Tiny. <laughs> Very small, though. Really, small. I mean, you know, the whole thing is that she was basically born with um, some deformities that made her face like that, and her body is very—it was very small. Yeah, you know, she was not the, the size of a normal a normal cat. All right, last question I got. This is nothing to do with baseball, but I just love this story. The night of this year's Oscars, I look on social media, and you were a little bit excited. Tell people what happened. This is really cool. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So I just, I waited tables in college. I mean, at university of Cincinnati. So basically most people that go through the, not most, but a lot of people end up working at La Rosa's pizza, uh, which is, uh, you know, a chain restaurant in, uh, in Cincinnati, Dayton and, and other various locations in Ohio. But anyway, we worked at the one right off campus and Hannah Beekler, she was a cashier and I was a server and we became really good friends and we had a lot of laughs. And anyway, she went on in life. I did not keep track of her. And then all of a sudden I see her name. She's uh, you know, a, she's a production designer for the movie Moonlight and then Beyonce's Lemonade album. She did all the videos for that. And then all of a sudden she's up for an Oscar for Black Panther and uh, and she won it. So it was it was unbelievable. I haven't seen her in more than 25 years. But that night, you know, as soon as she started giving her speech, it just was like so emotional because her voice was so distinctive. And it just brought me right back to, to those days of waiting tables in Cincinnati, Ohio. But I think Hannah went on to do some good things in life so good for her and she's uh, a big deal with ryan coogler because i think she did the creed and and a lot of his movies as well too like yeah i guess, I guess that's uh that's kind of been her 
her ticket right there for the last few years. Yeah, I mean, you know, she worked really hard and she went to UC and then she transferred, I guess, to Wright State and got a master's. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the, the the trajectory of her career. I don't know, like, exactly how you got from that to <laughs> standing on stage at the Oscars. I, I've just, you know, paid that close of attention to everything she's done, but I have gone to a lot of movies where she's like, you know, the fifth credit in production design and, um, and yeah, she's she's pretty badass, as they say. <laughs> I'm stronger because of my family who supported me through the rest of, roughest of times. I give the strength to all of those who come next to keep going, to never give up. And when you think it's impossible, just remember to say this piece of advice I got from a very wise woman. I did my best, and my best is good enough. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. That was a really cool moment, Allison. And the other thing that uh, we got to mention is she was the, the first African-American to win in that category ever. Yes, ever in like 85 plus years of the Oscars. You know, she was really funny. I mean, the reason why we, I have such distinct memories of her is because we would laugh. I mean, she would tell the funniest story. She was extremely creative and just very animated when she talked. And um, she just was riveting. I mean, people just, you know, gravitated toward her. And she always had just a great outlook on life. So, yeah, when she went, I loved it. She pulls her phone out. And she's like, you know, scrolling through and reading the speech. And it was uh, it was so Hannah. It was it was good. <laughs> yeah, that's just a, it's amazing. Um, great story and great speech. And it, it was just a wonderful moment to watch that at home as well. Uh, last thing, uh, any anything that you're plugging right now? Anything coming up uh, you're working on for uh, MLB.com? Not really. I've been just covering a lot of different teams as they've come through Houston and gone up to Arlington. I'll be heading to Cleveland in the not-so-distant future to cover All-Star, so um, that should be a lot of fun. I like it when I like when the All-Star games are in the smaller markets um, because it's like the biggest, most important thing going on that week, and uh, the city gets really into it, and Cleveland is a great city, and so I'm very much looking forward to covering that. I'll be there for almost a full week, so it should be pretty cool. Yeah, people don't normally get excited in Cleveland, I don't think, Allison. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, people like, you know, everyone, that's like their first reaction to it because everybody just has these impressions of like what a a great city would be to watch a baseball game. And they're underappreciated because when you go to New York, you have an all-star game in New York and it's just another thing that's going on. Uh, The all-star game was in Miami a couple of years ago and there's not really a lot of interest down there in that. Um, But you have uh, Cleveland is you know, it's it's really progressed in the last couple of decades, certainly in the last decade. It's got a lot of culture. It's got great food restaurants. Um, but, you know, people just tend to ignore that stuff when they're not from there because um, they don't, you know, they, it's just easier to say, oh, Cleveland, you know, just like any other, just like every city. Uh, but Cleveland's a pretty cool town, especially in the summer. It's really nice. Well, I hope we're going to be seeing some Astros that uh, are going to be back in the lineup soon. But it was it was always great to ca- always great to catch up with you, Allison. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, looking forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Fun as always. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.